Hey guys, what is up? My name is Sarah Dietschy, Rhymes with Peachy. Welcome to another episode of the Creative Exchange. Today, we have someone very special, Shambooty. Woo! Woo! <laughs> it's so good to have you here. So I have so many questions. I first discovered you from Shameless Maya, loved her stuff, and I was like, oh my gosh, her crew of friends, so cool. Um, so I was recently catching up on all of your stuff, and you're busy, girl. That makes like, sense that you're a shameless Maya person because you yeah. like tech, lifestyle. She's done tech stuff. Yes. Yeah. And she she had some really cool like camera stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I loved her like loft apartment. Yes. So I kind of, oh, she's cool. She, yeah. She's really cool. And she was a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. She's actually done all of the different major coastal cities. She did Toronto, Vancouver, New York, and now she's in LA. Dang, that's awesome. And you are in LA, but you're from Toronto, Yes. Right? And so what are your thoughts on New York? Like New York versus Toronto? I've never been a New York fit in my whole life. So I will just put that out there um, that my parents are originally from the West Indies or the Caribbean. And most people from the Caribbean, if they migrate, they either go to London, Toronto, or New York. And so kind of half my family went to New York, half went to Toronto. Mm -hmm. So I spent my childhood years coming to New York a lot for like two or three days at a time. And it's always just been a struggle city. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like hard to get around and it's like, cold and people here aren't that nice so <laughs> it could just be my own experience and as i've gotten older and you come here to work it gets mm-hmm. a bit better You're like okay now i see the new york that you see in rom-coms yeah and i feel like to make new york great you almost have to start out with money because it's very difficult i mean i spent one year in like not okay conditions and now i'm fine it's great but <laughs> it's <laughs> like, great it's fine, it, it's fine. don't it. worry about me guys but the first year i was in a five floor walk up and it was like a mice infested apartment so that was an experience in its own but I've I've found amazing creative community here but it's definitely not for everyone it's a very unique environment I always say too because I love LA mm-hmm. and so I have a ton of friends who hate LA and, See, and I have a ton of friends who hate LA too right tell me why you love LA it's there's so much to do mm-hmm. there's space the your outfit is never contingent on the weather you can legitimately okay. like i yeah. do not check the weather app that's true I need to repeat that i do not ever and check here, the weather every app. day it's like mm. no <laughs> and i come from canada so like yeah. my whole life is like well, what can i wear based on the weather mm-hmm. now it's like it doesn't matter i'm in crop tops in that's june true. in june or in mm-hmm. december i'm minding my business so but then if it rains it's like all hell breaks loose i mean it's still fine for me because i'm still and i actually don't mind a rain day because I'm like okay great a time I don't feel so guilty about being inside but right, right. Like, and it's also like there's so much so much happening over there mm-hmm. I just think it's the best city in the world but it's because like I'm meant to be there right and so I always encourage people I'm like yo if you're not happy in your explore, city explore see what's out there yeah it wasn't until a high school trip to New York that I was like wait what do you mean there's other things other than Texas right and like, you're like I belong here exactly. this is me yeah yeah so who are you Chan, like, what do you do? You you do so many things, YouTube channel, but you do coaching, relationships, sex advice, like everything. Tell tell the people what you do. I talk about sex, love, and relationships anywhere that I possibly can with anyone that I possibly can. Any medium. Any medium. Mm-hmm. Um, my vision has always been to become the Martha Stewart of sex and relationships. And when mm-hmm. you think of Martha, she either has a cookbook or she's got some sheets in Kmart. Or maybe uh-huh. she's got like a $10,000 getaway to her vineyard. Of course, she's on VH1. Mm-hmm. She may be on the Comedy Central. But no matter what she does, it's the brand of DIY and homemaking. But she 
pops up every and anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that I've always wanted to be. When you think about sex, when you think about sex, ed, when you think about relationships and dating, that my name is one of the first to come to mind. And that's what I've been steadily working on now for a good 10 years. Amazing. And you recently have been doing a Facebook show, mm-hmm. which from the creator perspective, I've been very I, just paying attention to what everyone's doing. And with YouTube, there's been some ups and downs and Facebook's really trying to come in and be like, hey, we can be for creators, but they're also buying shows and things. So um, Make Up or Break Up, that's the title of the show. What is that show? What was your experience? And you just finished season two. Uh, season two. Yeah. Which is so exciting. Congrats. So Make Up or Break Up was one of those things where um, it was essentially like that I had an audition I had to do on tape. It, it wasn't my show idea. I wish it was. Mm-hmm. I'd be in a, I wouldn't have walked here. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. So... <laughs> I wouldn't have taken three trains, then walked here. Um, they put out a cast, you know, looking for someone who obviously had a, a um, natural knowledge of sex and relationships or who had been studying it. And I put my tape in, didn't think anything of it. And then the next day, I, like, come in for an in-person meeting. I thought, great. And I went in for the meeting and I heard about the concept. And I was like, I need this job. Mm-hmm. And then I waited for, like, two grueling weeks to hear back from them. And essentially, it's a show where a couple at a crossroads in their relationship come to get an impartial third perspective from the Facebook community. So it would be like, if you and me have been dating for two years Mm -hmm. and the past six months, I want to move in and you haven't been ready, we we would go go to to Facebook (laughs) and be like, okay, like, what do you guys think? Here's our story. Here's, you know, her side. Here's my side. Mm -hmm. Who do you think? What do you think we should do? Make up or break up? And as much as it does seem bizarre, I thought it was very fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, too, we weren't getting couples who like had a fight last night and right. their first thing they were doing was going to Facebook. Majority of the time, it was people who had already gotten advice from friends, who had already tried talking to each other, mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes even gone to counseling, and they were still at this like, impasse. Let's try the internet. Let's try Facebook. I, I watched one episode, and I was so enthralled with it. And I thought that the comments would be a distraction. You know, like, okay, live comments, everyone's weighing in. Am I actually going to be focus on the show how is it going to impact it but I was thinking how I watch shows I used to watch The Bachelor and the entire time I'd be on Twitter seeing what people are thinking so I think it's such a natural move to have that community right next to video which was such a cool part of it so what's maybe an episode of the first season that stood out to you maybe like a funny moment or a powerful moment what, what stands out? My absolute favorite, because it was this couple who they were just not a great match, which is mm-hmm. not a bad thing because sometimes odd couples get together and it works. This one didn't particularly. But they were just really trying to throw each other <laughs> under the bus, which unfortunately makes for good TV. And in the end of the episode, <laughs> he gets up and he was like, I knew it because it was a breakup vote. I should listen to my family. And he was like, you you and he picks up a pillow and throws it at her leg and it was just some you know just how silly sometimes these you know emotional moments can make us and just the frustration that we feel and i mean mind you they were young they were in their early 20s just figuring things out and i I completely related to where they were coming from and so i thought that was just a funny interesting moment where we're like yeah we've all been there before where we really are trying to make something work and it's just not and how frustrating it is when we want it to work and we want to throw pillows sometimes right Um, thank goodness it was a pillow you didn't have anything heavy no, yeah, and that was the most dramatic thing to happen on the show, to be honest, which is, I think, is saying a lot to the format. Um, people were very respectful of each other. Mm-hmm. They listened a lot. We had a lot of really great makeup moments, I think, where one couple, for example, 
the guy was ready to have a family and start having kids Mm -hmm. and the girl was substantially younger than him maybe I think like eight nine years and she was like I still don't know if I want to play the clarinet or do Mm -hmm. karate she's like I haven't really figured myself out yet and it could seem as if that was a breakup because he's ready to start a family and she's not but she was like look we are in this together I want to do this with you I want to find my passion alongside of you and then I want to help you fulfill your passion but I can't be a good mom until I know who I am as a person and she just gave this really beautiful speech. I thought that that's also the heart of the show as well, too. It's not about we disagree, so it's over. Sometimes it's about patience and and, communication. Yeah. I mean, I think that's at the heart of it so important because – so I – traditionally, I haven't been a relationship person. I've been very driven towards goals and, like, what is my passion in life? I want to work and I want to, like – travel and experience things um and so now I've been in a relationship for like over a year it's epic it's awesome but that's one one thing I've experienced is like communication it's like if you don't know how to communicate how you're feeling and how uh you know people receive love differently like I'm a person who needs someone say oh like girl you're looking good you're looking beautiful or maybe like a go for the handhold like that matters to me I guess like the physical love you know so is that something that throughout all your experience like what has been the pillars that makes a good relationship I know that's a big question but maybe just a few things there's three pillars I mean there's actually three um there's self-insight which is knowing yourself, knowing who you are. And that also helps you to hopefully select a better partner. There's emotional regulation. And that means not every single thing that I feel do I act out on. Be that jealousy, anger. I take some time before I subject someone else to like all the things that I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and doing. And then finally, there's mutuality. And mutuality is being in a relationship where you know you can extend yourself to be there for someone else because Mm -hmm. they'll do the same thing for you. Mm -hmm. And when you have those three things at play, you can pretty much do anything because self-insight facilitates good communication. Emotional regulation facilitates agreeableness, which Mm -hmm. is the number one thing to make a relationship last Mm long-term. And then mutuality is just satisfaction when you're with someone who you know has your back and has your needs for you. So those are like the basic three and that's something that you could see couples where they've got two or maybe Mm -hmm. just one um but absolutely when the ones when you see all three you're like this is why this works Mm -hmm. yeah there you go well there you go three pillars yes so in 2013 you made the move to LA and it was kind of a risk what was happening during that time is that when you started your personal YouTube channel where were you in life like what was that move like because moving to LA Yes. That's a um, big thing. I just made a video about this and um, 2013 was actually like the worst year of my life. I was, I didn't move to 2014. So 2013 was just a time of feeling completely lost, being in a really difficult relationship that was emotionally tolling on many different ways, not knowing what my next step was, um, just not knowing in general. And then at the end of the year, I was just like in December, I'm like, this can't be it. Like there has to be something else. And if I've made choices up until this point to get me here, what drastic choice can I make to get me somewhere mm-hmm. else? Can we swear here? Of course. Okay, somewhere yeah. the fuck else, mm-hmm. right? And LA was just one of those things that I was fortunate enough to have a work visa, but I didn't move. So yeah. I threw a job, like a pilot TV show that didn't actually end up getting shot. I applied for my work visa, which is like a temporary 01 three-year visa. And I had gotten approved for that, but the show didn't get picked up. So I had no reason to go. Um, but I was like, there's no reason for me to stay either. Mm-hmm. So I did the traditional thing of like packing all your shit into a car, mm-hmm. mo- driving down and sleeping on my friend's couch for a few weeks. I went on job interviews to be a cocktail waitress or whatever I could do to try mm-hmm. to survive. 
And the first year was tough. Second year, I was like, okay, I'm doing okay. And I've been there now for four years and I love it. I mean, Congrats. I've always loved it, yeah. but now I'm like crushing it. So exactly. it's good. Oh, yeah. very clearly. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, in that video, I actually just recently watched it. You talked about choice and the importance of choice. And how has your viewpoint on that kind of shifted? Because I guess when someone finds themselves in like a relationship, they're miserable. They don't know, oh my God, is there a way out? And then, you know, sometimes you step back and you're like, okay, wait this is my life. Mm -hmm. I do have a choice. So, you know, maybe people are finding themselves in circumstances that they didn't think they would find themselves in. I mean, what, it, what is something you would say to them in terms of like, you do have a choice, you know, but that's emotional too. That's, that's hard. Maybe, you know, you've known this person forever. Maybe it feels comfortable, but you're still miserable. Yeah, so. there's a drastic difference, and we know this, from what's comfortable versus what's healthy for you. Mm -hmm. Even comfort foods aren't necessarily healthy for you. It's True. the breads, it's the cheese, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's the mm -hmm. warm. You're just talking about that mozzarella burger. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Which is gosh. all bad, right? Cheese, bread, mm. like some kind of like mayonnaise condiment. <laughs> um, so I think when you get to that space where you're like, I know this feels easy, but it's also, and that's what I was saying in the video, that it was easy to keep making the same decisions. It was easy to stay in my relationship. But then when I really defined that, I was like, but you're miserable. So how easy is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I guess it's simpler than changing, but it's actually not, in fact, easier because you're crying every day. So I would just say, identify one small thing that you can change. It's a habit that I think I am proud that I have consistently. If something bothers me, I do something about it. Like if I... For example, if my skin starts breaking out, I look immediately for a resolution for that. If I feel unhappy with my body, I make an adjustment to my diet. So it's giving yourself a pattern of saying, when something bothers me, I have every, I have all the power to do something about it. And yes, sometimes it's a big thing that moving from Texas to New York, or sometimes it's a small thing like just switching up who you spend your time with. Um, mm. But change is always in your control. And I think that's the scary thing, but also a really inspiring thing. For sure. So you're from Toronto. Is all of your family in Toronto? They're all, yes. Do you notice how I say Toronto is a very American way too? I, I've had a lot of Toronto friends come in. They're like, it's not Toronto. It's oh my Toronto. gosh, shoot themselves. Like, who it's cares? Toronto, right? Yeah, I, but, I mean, it? it doesn't matter. I really, I actually can't stand those people. I'm just like, I don't care. Even people who Toronto. have like subtly correct you on your name. Like, right. I love how you said like peachy. Right? It's because no one knows how to say Dichi. So I was like, I got to come up with a solution. So why I have like a peach everywhere. Um, but it's funny because people are like, oh, why do you have like the butt emoji everywhere? It's like, no, it's for my last And name. you're like, wait till I walk away. <laughs> yeah. Then you go figure you it go. out. There you go. <laughs> Mystery solved, motherfuckers. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that should be my new slogan. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> um, Toronto. So your family is there? They are there, okay, yes. Okay, so what... What do they think of everything you do with the relationship, counseling, just being very open, um, like sexually about your relationships and just everything and, you know, giving relationship advice to people? What what did they think? What do they think? Yeah, I think the did is not good. Okay. Um, I mean, initially when I said, because my first entrance into this world was my book Laid, and that was me sharing sexual experiences that I had in hopes that others would learn from them and also collecting stories from other people for the same purpose. And me putting myself out there in that way was definitely not their favorite thing. And putting myself in this light, they would have preferred I was trying to save whales or anything else, you know what I mean? <laughs> trying to study garbage samples. Right. So studying sex was just, and I, I get it from their perspective now, because um, your parents just want to keep you safe mm -hmm. and they're worried about your stability. They're worried about about how people are going to perceive and treat you. And so mm -hmm. 
gifts, their youngest daughter entering into this world in her teens to put herself on blast and talk about her sex life and educate others about a topic that people are very uncomfortable with. I understand why they had so much backlash and it took them some time. Now they're my number one supporters. Uh, But of course, when you start making money, everyone's like, okay, you know, I get it. I get it. Okay. I'm sure you experience the same thing. You're like, mom and dad, I'm going to make videos, make content. They're like, what? What? Yeah. My family was, has always been super supportive, but I think the moment that I was like, I'm going to drop out of college. That's when they're like, um, let's think about this, you know? And so my mom has always been, I'm on my phone with my mom for like 45 minutes every day. Um, So it's different when you get to talk to people, they know where your head's at and you can like make those decisions. Um, But I think for my dad, it was kind of just like, you only have a year and a half left to college, just like finish it, just do it. And so now that it's, you know, I've turned the corner and it's like, okay, I get it, you know? And it's it's cool to... um, See, yeah, people and maybe just friends come around and be like, I get it now, you know, but. So you never finished that year and a half? I never did. I never oh, did. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was. How very Kanye of <laughs> I know, right? I just love to take risk, guys. Um, but I was in a position that I hated my life so much. I was doing electrical engineering, computer science, because I was like a math science geek in high school. Um, but I got to the point where I was like, this is so pointless. And I had a scholarship up until that point. And so that last year and a half, I was actually at like a private school in Nashville. So I was going to have to pay $15,000 a semester to finish up. And I was like, or not. Or not. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and now it's great. So I'm glad I took that step. Uh, do you think that in your career, in your life, was maybe like moving to LA your biggest risk? What was kind of like a big risk that you went through to where in the moment it was really scary, but looking back, you're glad you did it? I mean, I've taken a ton. I mean, I think talking about sex in general was a massive risk mm-hmm. and something that I was met with a lot of opposition. I was in school for journalism at the time that I initially said, this is what I'm going to do. And my teacher's discouraged my mm-hmm. family discouraged and somehow i look back at that version of myself i'm like yo you fucking go girl mm-hmm. like i don't even know how you had the gumption to push yourself through that but thank you for doing that um so that was a big risk moving to la massively was a big risk i applied for my u.s green card in 2016 which mm-hmm. i'm so grateful because i did it just before trump got elected Woo! <laughs> this would have been a different story y'all okay we would have had to have this conversation mobily while yeah, i was back in canada skype <laughs> But that was a massive risk because at the time I really wasn't making a lot of money and mm-hmm. I was kind of just starting to get started in my career, but I didn't really have enough substantial accomplishments to apply for the green card. But something inside of me was like, just do it because if you try and do another extension for a temporary visa, it's very limiting. Mm-hmm. And any, any immigrants- and can that be expensive too? Oh, gross. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a good five figures. So- that was a massive risk for me yeah. because you lose that money if you don't get accepted. Mm-hmm. It's not as if they refund you. Like wow. it's your application. That's it. It's done. Right. So that was a big risk for me. And that, that paid off. And to be honest with you, I really think about it. There's not been a lot of big risks that I made that haven't paid off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it take longer. Sometimes it's not the immediate gratification, but right. I have no reason to stop. And I got this advice once from this actor um, who was like, people move to big mm-hmm. cities and they're like, that's their thing. They're going to do to like make, to jumpstart their life. Mm-hmm. And then they stop. They stop making those big chances. They're like, I've Once done one. there. Right. Yeah. But you have to keep making them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you move to uh, New York. Great. Now what? 
Okay, you got to get this studio. That's a mm-hmm. massive big risk. Now what? I got to change apartments. My life is better. Now what? Like there has to continuously be, if you've seen the fruits of your risk thus far, mm-hmm. you can't just like rest on that and expect yeah. this to take you the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's harder in cities like this, but then I think the payoff is more just because you are around really creative people, people who are taking risks. And so you almost, I think, have more, I don't know, there's just more of a possibility for a community that will support you in those decisions. And I think that's kind of what I found. And um, what was your intro into YouTube before your channel? Okay, so those girls are wild. Yeah, I, I looked it up, I watched a few videos. So those are videos that you started making like eight years ago, yes. nine years ago. Yeah. So what was that? Was that your intro to YouTube? Yeah, so essentially I was putting out Laid and my best friend at the time was on Degrassi and Degrassi was like Mm -hmm. ending um, or like she was graduating from high school on Degrassi and both of us were like, okay, we need a space that's our own, Mm -hmm. right? And that was our combination thing together. And so we did that for a few years. But once my book was kind of finished its publicity run and like there wasn't anywhere else, no, no other reason for me to be there, I made the decision in probably 2011. I'm like, oh, what's the point of YouTube? No one makes money off of it. I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Dummy. You know what I mean? Like probably a year and a half later, two yeah, that's years. Yeah, intro the partners. And, and then- Because your, your views were good on that channel. It was decent. Yeah. I mean, we were still, I mean, we were definitely making- even less than I make now, which mm-hmm. is a ridiculous statement to make given what I make now. But <clears throat> it was in the beginning stages of YouTube and we didn't, I didn't have the vision. And so Maya, for example, joined YouTube, I think in 2012, okay. like a year after I'd quit. And then I just saw her blow up and her whole life transform. And I was like, oh, but, <laughs> and I just, I had a lot of pride with going back for yeah. a long time. Like I didn't want to. And so it took me until 2015 to be like, no, I, I think I'm going to try that thing again. Yeah. Um, and just like, get my tail out from between my legs and start all over again. That's cool. Um, when it comes to YouTube, obviously, no matter what the kind of content you create, there is going to be like naysayers. The haters are out there. Um, but specifically- Do you have haters? I mean, I got some haters, but it's more of like, what is this chick talking about? Like this camera or this computer, like get back in the kitchen type stuff. Um, but- if my video like kind of stays within my circle, I have the most amazing, supportive, creative community. It's awesome. Um, but with that said, if I ever go and do collaborations, people who don't know me, you know, there's always that, who is this chick? Who, who does she think she is? Um, but with your stuff, I think you're putting out yourself a lot in, in terms of like relationally and just like your life, you're putting it out there. So do you have a lot of hate or have you found a community that is supportive and like I wonder if we can do an exercise right now and open up my YouTube comments and because I honestly don't even visit here that frequently for this exact reason it's horrendous because some yeah I've gotten to the point where I'll view the comments within the first hour of a video going up (laughs) because usually those are the people who support me they have notifications turned on but once it gets to the outside community sometimes it can be brutal but i can only imagine i feel like people are very judgmental yeah okay so here we have so far we have fuck face just for no reason i have laugh my ass off cuck um Do do you not have like words blocked I, I know I don't. I have to get good at that. I'm not very tech savvy. Okay. So someone told me about this because like I definitely should be blocking slut and stuff. Yes. Um. Yeah. There's definitely. 
Oh, wait, it's pretty good, I guess. Someone called me a Slytherin. I don't know what the fuck that means. Is that means. like a Harry Potter reference? It's a Harry Potter reference, but I don't really get it. I don't understand. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, so, yeah, I definitely have a lot of negativity. Mm-hmm. Okay, this bitch is a hoe. Mm. Uh, yeah. Why does she keep popping up on my homepage? I actually think I responded back to this person. This is a while ago. I said, there's three buttons beside all videos. Click not interested. I'm showing up because you're watching and commenting on my videos. So maybe stop doing that. Amazing. Amazing. That's just like some good so, tech helpful advice, yes, right? Yes, I just wanted to be constructive for them. them. know how it is. Yeah. So how, I mean, just hearing those and it's not even my channel. I'm just like, oh, just like my blood boils. So have you gotten used to it? How, like, how do you, do you tune it out? Do you respond to a lot of people? How do you, how? How? <laughs> it's one of those things like a friend of mine, um, she does YouTube videos about celebrity products. Hmm. So if like Oh, uh, what's her name? Jessica. Oh, okay. I might know who she is. Okay. Okay. So she was saying if her comments are all positive, it lets her know that YouTube <clears throat> isn't working in her favor. Hmm. That she's not popping she's not up on the Explore page. Yeah. She's not getting put on suggested videos. Mm-hmm. And so negative comments are an affirmation that like the algorithm is working in her favor. So yeah. for me, sometimes it's one of those things where I'm talking about a topic that people are very uncomfortable talking about, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of sensitivity. There's a lot of opinion. Everyone thinks that their way is the right way. I mean, not most people. I think people get a bit more evolved over time. But nonetheless, I have to anticipate that I'm going to really disrupt people's comfort. Mm -hmm. And people don't like that all the time. And I'm popping up where you didn't ask for me. I mean, I definitely, especially in like the media that I do, people aren't saying when they turn on Steve Harvey and they turn on The View, hey, I want to like open my mind up to a new perspective on Mm -hmm. sexuality. They're coming for a different reason. So when they see me, they're angry. Um, Tell me about Steve Harvey thing because I saw some tweets about it, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I've been on Steve to. Harvey a few times. Um, I just think I'm I'm in an open relationship, mm-hmm. and I've been in an open relationship now for going on three years. It's awesome, the best thing I've ever been in. It's just mm-hmm. such a beautiful, wonderful partnership. And I'm listening to a book right now by Esther Perel. It's called The State of Affairs. And I'm just listening to this thinking, I'm so grateful this is not a thing for us. Like, it just mm-hmm. takes up a really big space. But I understand, you know, the, the traditional values that are associated with monogamy, but they just never really worked for me. And I just didn't, I don't like the obsession around it. So that being said, people really have issue with that, obviously, mm-hmm. because you've it's been told different. a certain That's narrative mm-hmm. about love our entire life. And when someone has a different perspective, people just have a lot of opinions about it. So I think I just like shared in passing about that. And then Steve just took that into like a speech. Um, but I always feel very, and it's like anything else. If you are the lone LGBTQT plus person, mm-hmm. you feel a sense of responsibility to really represent and to choose your words wisely. So you don't want to be the one person that they hear who's ever like that. And then someone at home is like, well, that's wrong. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, you didn't really say it well. So that was an opportunity for me where I just kind of felt like, oh man, like I kind of segued into it weird. I could have explained it better. But on top of that, it's really hard. And that's why I've kind of scale back from sharing that because it's difficult for me in a short span of time to break through all of your, not yours, but all of the other person's Mm -hmm. fears, judgments, and perceptions of love and explain my view to you and be respectful at the same time. It's mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility on me in a short space of time because people's natural response is to attack. Yeah, they want sound bites. Right. And they're going to get all the claps because, of course, like their story or their version of what love is, is familiar to all of us. Mm -hmm. And so it's a hard thing to break through. But um, yeah, so I just in general think there's a lot of discomfort around what I do. But ultimately, my message is 
put emphasis on this area in your life. Learn about it. Just like you learn about tech. Mm-hmm. Just like you, if you want to be great at making podcasts, you can't just start doing it. I think when it comes to sex, love, and relationships, we have this counterintuitive notion that we're supposed to just be great. We're supposed mm-hmm. to find our soulmate without really understanding ourselves. And so my approach is get to know yourself. Be honest about who you are. Learn your love language, your sex mm-hmm. language, your attachment style. Learn about what your sexual accelerators are, what your no's are, and then find a partnership that really works for you. Mm-hmm. So do your work, do your research, and then you'll have a better and easier time in this space. And I don't have a prescription of, and then you can get into an open relationship and do BDSM. I don't care what you do as long as you're happy. Um, And so my message really is get to know yourself, be honest about who you are, find somebody who works with you that can be honest as well and be happy in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So I don't really get sometimes all the negativity, but um, because I'm not saying anyone else's A is wrong. Right, right. right. But But it. I guess it is scary to people if it's just not the way they know. Right. And so, but you would think, I don't watch Steve Harvey, but you would think he has a lot of different perspectives. No, on. he's 61 years he, old. So he's still okay. an older man, okay. right? Yeah. Okay. I just think talk shows, I feel like, you know, you would hear a lot of different things, but maybe not. It amazes me that, oh gosh, what is her name? <clears throat> Uh, she's now like a SoundCloud rapper, the Dr. Phil. Yes, um, Bad oh, Baby. Bad Baby. The fact that she came from a Dr. Phil episode and then she became a meme and now she's like a rapper who people love and adore. That blows my mind. I'm so happy for her though. I know. It blows my mind though. And the Yodel Boy. Yes. Like memes are now becoming careers and I'm like all for it. I'm it's all amazing. for it too because I'm just like when people say like oh if it wasn't for this you would be nobody I'm like do you know how many guests have been on Dr. Phil mm-hmm. I don't know none of them yeah. there's obviously something special about this mm-hmm. person because they've taken that small platform they ran with it mm-hmm. oh my goodness and I I think the internet it can you know shine a light on a person it can really show who you are and so regardless if you think if you think someone's like right or not or cool or not if someone can make a lot of stuff out of like one shout out or one thing and like build a career on top of it. I think that's, that's amazing. You know, um, how did you get, was there one moment that like, Oh, this video went viral or was it kind of that you were in the YouTube space with, you know, your recent channel. And so you had that awareness already or was it little things along the way? Was it one thing? I think it's like the, what's why I love sharing my journey with, my viewers and everyone in life is that mm-hmm. I'm definitely not the overnight success story. I am not the like, and then that's crazy. It's like, huh? yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm the kind of person that you check up on and then you like go and like live your life and you come back yeah. three years later and I've like slightly moved forward. And you're like, oh, yeah. you just, that's all that you are now? Oh, I thought you'd be like so much further. I'm like, no, it takes time. So it takes time, yeah. I think that they're not, I mean, I've been happy all along the way. Yeah. I've been supported. I've not been broke, but I've definitely not been like on a rocket ship. So mm-hmm. I think of it like I'm going up the mountain, but instead of taking the tram, I'm just walking. So I have more time to take in the view. Mm-hmm. I have more time to like be grateful, take little naps along the way, stop for a snack, have a conversation with someone. So it's a slower process and grind. So I, I haven't had one thing that has like tipped mm-hmm. me over. Everything has been a small step in the right direction. And so I'm even grateful to be in that space. I think in the past four years, I can really only say it's been in the right direction because there was mm-hmm. a time that I was like scattered all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now I feel really clear and concrete, um, but just also very slow. Which I think is okay um, because I I feel like I did the wrong type of content for nine months of just daily vlogging and I 
did that because, okay, all YouTube is doing that and that's what's working with the algorithm. So naturally I have to do that. But it wasn't until I kind of stepped back. It's like, okay, what, what are the videos that I like to make? Were you make? happy doing daily vlogs? No, I hated it. I was miserable. And it wasn't until I had that self-awareness that now I'm in a position that's like, you know what? I'm going to make videos I love, but I'm also not going to be delusional to the YouTube algorithm. Yes. I need to think about titles and thumbnails, um, but I'm also going to take my time. So if I post one or two videos a week opposed to five, but I'm proud of those videos, I'm going to do that. One or two still incredible. How often do you post? Girl... As often as I get a brand deal. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with y'all, I mean, at this point, I'm just, yeah. I feel like really, and then it's grateful. I try to make videos that are quick direct to camera if mm -hmm. I can, but, and I do a scripted series, which is my heart, where I script out, it's basically like a lesson in sex ed that's wrapped mm -hmm. in a narrative uh, or, or intimacy education. Cool. So once in a while I do those, and those are really taking me a long amount of time. Mm -hmm. So I probably would put, I put a video out anywhere like Valentine's Day, it was like four times in a week because yeah. uh, it was like, that's my time, exactly. right? But then it may have been four more weeks until I posted a video. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like whenever. Yeah. Well, let's talk about YouTube and the shift that it has been going through. So if I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this are somewhat aware of these different level of adpocalypses. I don't know if that's the right way to say that. But <laughs> yeah, YouTube has gotten some fire for a certain type of content with ads in front of it that shouldn't have been in front of it. And so they've been pulling back a lot in terms of where they put ads. They want to make sure, um, you know, the content is family friendly or however you want to word that. And so with your channel, it could be considered like scandalous. You know, you're talking about sex. Uh, I have a friend, Hannah Witten, that she, you know, has tweeted a little bit about it of like, oh, no more ads on videos or what have you. I love how you gave it a slight British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Witten, shout out to Hannah. She's awesome. Uh, you, do you know her? ads on video? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, yes. She's amazing. Um, and so what was that experience like for you? Did the ads just shut off? Like no more Google pre-roll? And if people don't know, Google pre-roll, roll, that's AdSense. That's usually how you can make, maybe not your entire living, but a good chunk of change every month to make YouTube your job. So what was that like? Was it the first adpocalypse? Was it like PewDiePie stuff? Was it the second round of them pulling, uh, you know, ads away from smaller channels? How has your experience been? Yeah, it definitely wasn't in the beginning because okay. at first people were like, all, all my stuff is yellow. All my stuff is like no Demonetization. longer. Demonetization. And I was yeah. fine. I'm like, y'all are over there by yourself. YouTube <laughs> loves me. Like I'm not affected at all. Um, and, but then I think there was a time, maybe it's been a year ago since this point, that it w it went like a good 80% drop. Hmm. But the super fortunate part about me is that I've never been popping like that. So it's not, I've never relied on YouTube money to mm -hmm. be my, and I never looked at it like that. It was always a right. place for me to partner with great brands that don't really have a space to do so. And there's not a lot of creators who are like me anyways. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to charge a higher rate. That's not really reflective of my numbers. Mm -hmm. Number one. And number two is a place for me just to talk about a topic that I love, um, which I happen to get a little pocket change from. And so when it turned to like, 
a little pocket change, like virtually none. It was kind of just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't a thing. And I'm I'm grateful from that standpoint. There actually isn't one thing that I base my income off of. Yeah. It Which really is, is diverse. And I think with any, if you're a YouTuber, an entrepreneur in any way, you have to diversify income, yes. right? It can't come from one place. And so how has that been like throughout your career? Was it kind of from the get-go, okay, you have a book, you have a YouTube channel, maybe you're doing coaching and stuff. Has it kind of always been that way? Are you trying to expand right now? What are some like new fronts maybe you're curious about? I mean, 100% like with the model of Martha Stewart, that's always mm-hmm. been what it is. It's like I make money from doing speaking engagements. I make money from working with branded partners. I um, sell my expertise or I license my expertise out. So like I've written for a show on Freeform, mm-hmm. um, not cool. as an actor, just as a consulting writer. I've been able to write for different magazines. And then in addition, like I host. So if they're looking for someone who talks about sex and relationships on camera, I'm like, oh, over here. Yeah, so yeah. I have just always, I'm writing a book right now. Um, so that's a, a massive piece of it. So it just, I just keep it rolling. There's yeah, not like a thing good. I can say. Uh, I do counseling. It genuinely is not for it's not a it's kind of equivalent to what youtube probably brings me the reason i started doing that service is because i was just getting so many questions from people Mm. and it became very difficult because sometimes someone writes you four pages and is that one-on-one with people yes so just that was just a way for me to say look if it's really that important for you to talk to someone here's what i can do i only do it on sundays i can only create three slots at a time but if you really want my help. If mm-hmm. not, you're just like throwing it out there into the universe, hoping you get a free answer back, mm-hmm. then like that's not what I provide. So it's just a way for me to sift through the constant assault of DMs that I get. I have like on my Instagram, I like saw no, that, DMs. no DMs. Does girl, that work? People think it's about dick pics. I wish. <laughs> it's about people it's about with like- about sharing their stories. Yes, and-, and I just feel so bad because I'm like, no, like there's no way I'm going to like unpack your entire life with you on my phone while I'm on the toilet or whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing in those three seconds I check my DMs. Right. So. I just feel like that's where I have to draw the line and be like, no. Because you already offer so much advice through all of your different mediums with your YouTube videos, you know, writing a book and stuff. So I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I think the same. I mean, you probably get asked the same questions about tech over and over again. Mm-hmm. After a while, it becomes like, it's like, I have three videos on that. You can watch these videos. As much, <laughs> as much time as it took for you to type this question out, you could yeah. have gone to like a search on thing. Yes. And if I get it, it's about accessibility. I don't mind someone trying a ting. That's like a Toronto like, slang for like, okay. yo, Sometimes you just got to try a ting. Like, you know it's not going to work out. But you're like, yeah, I'm just going to see if it does. Yeah. And so if you're just trying a ting, like, go ahead. It's not going I to work. That. But just I've give it a shot. I've never heard that before in my life. Just try a ting. You know what I mean? I yeah. love it. I love it. So you mentioned you're writing a book. So yeah. I want to share. So my friend, Akila, she's writing a book right now. Congratulations, Akila. Woo! She just tweeted this. The next draft of my book is due Friday. Should I just fake my death? So there's obviously some like frustration, I think, with writing a book and that process. It's I'm sorry, a long can you process. say it one more time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just texting me. We, have, we share the same manager. Yeah, we and do. so he was just saying he's <laughs> we'll not coming wrap it up Perfect. No, he was just saying he'd be a bit late. So. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we have the same manager. I never talk about management and stuff, but um, he's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. His name is Adam. So shout out to Adam. Hey, Adam. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so she tweeted... The next draft of my book is due Friday. Should I just fake my death? Yes. So talk to me about the book writing process. Is it just like, I guess, the best thing when it's finished, but during that process, you're, you, just, you see no end? What was that like for you? When I wrote my book, 
um, back in the day, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think like writing genuinely is my first passion. It's the way that I wish I could spend most of my time. Um, unfortunately, it's not like the most lucrative medium. Mm-hmm. I think media definitely takes the cake now and short form content, etc. But it is what like my heart wants to do. And so I'm actually really excited about it. And I loved doing it back then. I do remember, if anything, there's kind of the fear of the finality of it hmm. that you know, we always make YouTube videos and if we want it to be better, we can do another one. And like with a book, it's like not like that. You can't be like, I want to change something. I'm going to do a part yeah. two. It's yeah. like, you got to wait two more years until you have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And there's also this, we live in a world of constant gratification. Mm-hmm. You put a picture up and I say, oh, this is pretty. You're like, oh, you look like shit today. Yeah. You know, we immediately get some kind of review. But a book is like this thing that you work on silently for months for on so end. Long. And you don't know how people are going to respond to it until it's too late to mm-hmm. make an adjustment about it. And it's that's, that's kind of scary. But it's wonderful at the same time, too, yeah. because there's certain you know negative consequences of living in a world that is constantly giving you feedback. You mm-hmm. really sometimes lose your own voice in that or lose the reason as to why you're doing it. It becomes more about trying to please those voices, those faceless numbers, and it does about an authentic expression. So a book really is an opportunity to be like, look, you can't do that now. It's really just you and the paper, and you're going to see how it is when it's all said and done. So now that you're now writing a second book, mm-hmm. is is there that fear there or is it excitement or do you just want to get started? Get what started. were you feeling? Yeah, yeah. And that's I think I was just saying to you that like um, I feel like I'm going today, I'm in New York and I'm going to go meet with the publishing company and I just wish that I was like, here's chapters one through three mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want to just be started. I want to be midway through. I want to mm-hmm. shut down and like stay in my apartment and not leave and like have BO for days mm-hmm. on end and just mm-hmm. like leave for a second to get some fresh air and come yeah, back to seamless. my case. Yeah. Do you do that a lot in LA? Is uh, like Seamless and Postmates a big thing? Because I order food almost every single dinner. Oh, that's a nice life. No, I don't. No. I'm a cooker. Okay, um, but that's good. That means you're more healthy. I know, but like it's so lovely to eat out. Yeah, I just hate cooking. I have the very much so self-awareness that I just can't do it. I hate the cleanup. I hate the prep. I hate doing it. And then I eat it for 30 seconds and I have to clean up again. Um, Maybe one day. Know yourself. Yeah. I was just like, it takes so much time. And I was like, okay, I I make enough money to where that is what I splurge on. Yes. Food. Food, you know. So do you have experience? Like you, you said you did a pilot, right? Like shopping pilots and stuff like that. What have you noticed the biggest difference between traditional media and then this kind of new media thing you're in with YouTube? So I did a show for full screen called Your Perfect Date, which was like testing out psychological experiments on first dates to see if anyone could be a professional dater. Um, wow. Spoiler alert, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but I pitched that show in October. This is last year. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, MTV came to me with a pilot. Now, I pitch a show, both shows in October. The MTV show is not my show. It is a pilot. So I got cast in that. And by November, for full screen, we were signed the deal. December, we shot season one. Mm-hmm. And then January, we aired season one. During this time, by January, we finished the MTV contract and we were just getting like prep work done. And then season one for the full screen show had come out and we got picked up for season two. And I was simultaneously shooting season two as I was the pilot of this 
traditional TV project that started at the exact same time. So that's a massive difference to me. Is how how does MTV still move so slow? Is it just because it's the production companies and then they have to that just you would think that MTV VH1 they were the big players. You would think that like why are they not on the forefront leading the wave of new media? Why aren't they pushing like a you like doing series on YouTube channels and like different. I don't know. Yeah, I just, it's I don't, still I don't just as it. slow. Like I'm doing a couple of like uh, pilot or, or test deals right now, mm-hmm. and they're for 2019 fall. Like that's when they're. It's going to be hopes if it gets picked up. So it's just traditional is slow, and yeah. digital is like, are you free Tuesday? So I think well, that's the done. big difference. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing is now the money's starting to catch up. Okay. So there was a time that traditional was giving you. X amount of dollars mm-hmm. and digital you had to expect a quarter of that. But now they're almost like par for par. So to it's be honest good. with you, I, I would drastically prefer digital mm-hmm. over traditional. And I think with digital, you can see directly your audience, how to sell to them. You, I don't know, it just seems like it's easier to know the audience, sell against it, market against it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of everyone who's crushing it in this digital age. And I think... TV is on its way out, but it's still still being associated with MTV means a ton. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, like, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think it means something. And it has a, it's a valuable brand, and like, there's certain mm-hmm. traditional brands that still have some cachet to it. But are people watching it? There's a big difference between oh, that's cool, and oh, I saw that thing last night. So, and that's kind of the place we're in now. We're like, is Netflix traditional or is Netflix digital? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of merging the two worlds. That's true. And the lines are blurring. The lines are blurring, which mm-hmm. is great, I think, because less separation and more just acknowledgement of where people are getting content and how they're getting content and more of catering to the bulk of the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting for content creators. I think anyone out there who does video or even photography, it's still a thing, guys. I think there's so many opportunities out there like never before. And I think people get intimidated by the saturation of these spaces, but at the same time, there's so much more opportunity. And it's, a, it's an exciting time, mm-hmm. you know? It, it really is. Um, so last question about YouTube relationships. So you do share your life, but it's in the context of a topic you wanna talk about or a lesson you might have. Um, so my boyfriend is a YouTuber. So hey, hey we're, we're like YouTuber relationships, you know? Um, but we don't vlog together. So we have very separate things. And I think that has... Um, helps like we still love each other lots we're not stressed um but i think (laughs) you people who consume youtube have seen a lot of relationships blow up in their face Mm -hmm. um so do you think there is harm in sharing oversharing your relationship online whether you're a youtuber an instagrammer or just a normal person yeah i mean i think you have to be open if you put anything out there you have to be open for the mass amounts of responses you might get. If you know that you are partial to people's perspectives hurting you or affecting how you feel, probably don't do that with things that really matter to you because Mm -hmm. you put yourself in a very tough space. So I think both me and my partner look at sharing our relationship more as a business move than it Mm -hmm. is like something that we're doing because we need the validation. And And just being aware of Yeah, Yeah. like some, if you're putting your relationship out there because you want to know if people like it because you're not sure if you do, that's really tricky. And there are Mm -hmm. people who do that. They're like, this is their way of sort of getting validation that their relationship is hashtag couple Mm -hmm. goals or whatever. It's their makeup or breakup. Right. And so that's a tricky place because yes, you can get crushed by it. But I honestly think like, remember 
when the internet first came out, people were like, can't have drinking photos on Facebook. <laughs> You're not going to get accepted into college. Not going to get into college. <laughs> Employers are looking. And so we had all this because we were trying to pretend that everybody was perfect, that right. everyone was like straight and narrow and who they were at work is who they were at home. And now we've relaxed about that. We've hmm. relaxed about tattoos. I hope the whole thing with like the breakup thing is well too, is that like, Yo, people break up. It it's happens. Life. It's life. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can have a super passionate, awesome connection with someone that fizzles out. It doesn't mean that that connection is any less valuable. So I don't think there's any shame in being like, yo, we tried it. It was great. Mm-hmm. Like, a friend of mine was talking, remember uh, American Apparel? They mm-hmm. went under. Rest in peace. Yeah. And she, that store was destined for failure. You could just tell. A hundred dollars for a plain like tea. But shit, it was in business for like years, I like know. a good decade. It's I not know. a failed business. It's crazy. It just ran its course. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing there with relationships. Yeah. We have to transition our thought process from if something ends, it's a failed relationship. It's hmm. not. It just ran its course. So I'm not like worried either way about that. And it, I mean, it's all good for the views. Like, mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine who's a YouTuber, and whenever we're talking about drama, sometimes I'm like, "Girl, but this thumbnail and title, like, <laughs> the views, yeah, though. it works." Yeah, I know. And we've we've now are like in a place where we don't make videos with each other that much because we're so in our lanes. So now we're just like, if we made like a joint couple channel, but it wasn't. It was just fully sarcastic. It was. Just like whatever we want to do, but the titles are so insane that it doesn't, it's not predicated on real life. Like that sounds so fun to me right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you just have to know you, know yourself, know your relationship. Um, but yeah, last question. Is there any anything you're vibing on right now that you want to just like say to the world, say to people maybe starting YouTube channels or wanting to do something entrepreneurial or even relationship wise i mean anything that you're seeing out in the world that you want to just give your two cents on yeah i think i'm watching handmaid's tale mm. like everyone else um and hope you're not go check it out but there that's was after this- i finish mad men because Where- peggy from mad oh. men is the main girl in handmaid's tales really mm-hmm. oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah um so in that line they, it talks about the world used to be freedom to and now it's freedom from Freedom from meaning that it's like, we'll tell you what to do. We You have freedom from choice um, or you have freedom from sexuality. So we're we're taking that decision away from you. We're in the land right now of freedom to. Freedom to be who you want to be. Freedom to mm-hmm. find your best self. Freedom to choose a relationship style that best suits you. Take advantage of that. Um, and really like take advantage of the individualism and how beautiful that is. And in a world that really is so spread out and diverse, you can legitimately make anything out of anything. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to make a podcast about flamingo pillows and cheese types, there is someone else <laughs> out there who's yeah. like, yo, I've been dying to hear that. So now is the time to really sit with who you are, get to know that person really well and look for a way to put that out there into the world. And that will bring you closer, I think, to your greatest joy. So it's like, take Take advantage of the freedom to time because we don't know when it's going to switch back to freedom from. (laughs) I love it. Yes, that's powerful. That's a beautiful note to end on. So are you Shan Booty everywhere on Twitter, Instagram? Shan Booty everywhere. Can you be Sarah Booty? Because you're like Sarah Peach. Sarah Peachy Booty. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to change all of my usernames right now. And we can start a um, podcast together. Yes, Sarah Booty booty and Shan Booty. Oh, I love it. The S Booties. 
S booties. Let me know what you guys That's think of that. That's how easy it is to create content. Exactly. What's your excuse? Boom, boom. Guys, make sure to check out Shambooty. All of our links are in the description below in the show notes. If you're watching us right now on youtube.com slash the creative exchange, you can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. New podcast every single Monday. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having Until me. Until next time, guys. Stay peachy. Okay, bye. Bye. Awesome. Great. Thank we you. We did it. That was fantastic.